and welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about business acumen. It's a subject that all three of us have spoken about on a regular basis because it is, how can I put this without sounding offensive? It is a bit of a bugbear in a lot of the conversations that we've had about a lot of the people that we talk to. So today I'm going to hand over to Trudy who's going to kick us off with this conversation. Yeah, hi everyone. Business acumen for us is something that we constantly talk about. As communicators, it's one of those things that keeps coming up as, do we need to have business acumen? And then when we share that you do need to have business acumen, we get lots of resistance from people and and lots of comments around, no, we don't think it's necessary. We need to get on with the day job. What we need is to have a bigger focus on communication skills rather than understanding the business. Now, in... 2017, uh, a group of us, including Jenny, came together and started to talk about a report that we wanted to do that reached out to CEOs uh, to ask them their opinion about the value of internal communication. As part of that, we were exploring kind of what were some of the things that were really important to CEOs and to leadership around what we offer and did they actually value what we did in the first place. As part of that, one of the the main things that came out was the fact that CEOs valued the fact that we understood the business, that we understood business generally, we understood the priorities they had, the challenges they had. And when we look at other functions like HR, finance and so on, they are all very, very wedded into knowing what business is about, what is impacting that particular business. And many times in communications, for instance, we step back we don't get involved in it we don't have an opinion about it and CEOs or leaders were really looking for us to come alongside and to advise and to guide and to have an opinion and to be able to to speak into that area now the reason why I think it's important is that I believe communication impacts all aspects of business whether or not you're saying that suddenly Uh, you've got retention problems, you have culture problems, whatever challenge the business has, I believe that communication, there's an element of communication that can actually fix it. So I I think it's hugely important for us as communicators to, to get involved in that. But I throw it out to my peers and ask them what they think um, about the whole area of business acumen, and then we can keep going from there. I think it's such a great topic. I think it's one that has bubbled around for such a long time. And we've often talked about whether there's a difference between business acumen and business knowledge and whether there's that kind of difference between understanding how businesses work and understanding how your organisation works and that difference. The frustration I have is that it's a conversation that's been going on for a really long time. And it doesn't matter how many times you talk about training or how many times you talk about courses or how many times this comes up, we can't seem to get get past the fact that this is a skill set that does seem to be missing for a lot of communication professionals. I don't know what the answer is because it's on the same bucket list as me as sort of dealing with remote and deskless workers. But I just wonder why it's always such a challenge, whether it's the language that's used, it's in the too hard pile, whether we don't think we need to. I don't know. I don't know whether, Advita, you've got any 
thoughts and views on it? Do you know what I think it is? I think the fact that um, I'm using communicators as an example, because it is an area that, you know, we're all familiar with and what we have knowledge around. But I do think that often we have this kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys remember that Cosmopolitan article that caused such a rage. You know, it's a busy, busy, very, very busy. I mean, I do think that sometimes we're guilty of our own success at times because we're all, you know, majority of the people that I speak to and majority of the people that I have in my network and community are really, really, really good at what they do. But they do add on a lot to their plate without thinking too much about the outcomes and the and the link it has to business objectives and I know I speak a lot around measurement and demonstrating your your value add to the business and if you're not measuring your outputs and your outcomes effectively then I don't know how you can demonstrate your value and I think a lot of that does come down to understanding how the business works. Do you think that's only for communications people though because I do think that we can get a bit stuck in our own little echo chamber about comms. And when I've gone to other events outside of our industry, a lot of the challenges that we have that I think we feel is is only for communication professionals is everybody else. And talking about measurement, talking about value, is that something that everyone struggles with? And what is the link between showing your value and understanding the business and organisation? How does that link together? And then if there is a link between those two, then what is stopping us from being able to kind of nail that link? Because for me, it's not so much about measurement. It's more about being able to talk the language of the board and advise and and offer support linked to what the organisation needs to do and understanding how that business works commercially or otherwise is so important to being able to have an impact. But I don't link that to measurement, mainly because measurement is a whole other topic. That's another podcast. <laughs> we'll do that one another day. Well, I, 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 the reason I link it to measurement, because I think it's step one, to understanding the business. I think you can't, what you just said about sitting around that board table and understanding the finances and all that, I think, yes, we all need to have that. But I do think the measured side of what, you know, if you're going to do anything, then at least try and measure what you're doing as step one of understanding the business. Because if you try and jump straight into that kind of conversation, it can be a little bit overwhelming. I think that's why a lot of people step back and think I can't, you know, I'll take me as an example. When I was finally offered that coveted seat around that room um, that we all cry about and we've had conversations about for a long time with the, with the boardroom, I didn't understand anything with the finances. Honestly, sitting there listening to EBITDA, net cash, profit and loss, I was sitting there like, what on earth is going on in this room? And trying to look really intelligent and nodding along at the right points. And, <laughs> oh yeah this looks really good this looks really good yeah Yeah, I've done that as well like I have nothing to add to that John yes I think it's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was only when I went along and I did finance with non-finance managers Mm. course that program for me was like revolutionary and I know that's a really strong word but it really honestly everything slotted into place I understood how to read a profit and loss sheet I knew what EBITDA stood for don't tell me to tell you what it stands for right now (laughs) it's too early in the morning to tell you Uh, earnings before interest 
tax and appreciation, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's cool. <laughs> somebody, somebody listening will correct me. I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain. Okay, I, I actually, um, I do agree about the measuring thing, as long as you're measuring what's important to the business. Because a lot of the times, you know, I was with a comms team that used to measure things that weren't that important. And so as a result, as a team, we felt a bit demotivated about doing that because it was a bit annoying. Um, but there's there's a question I have that keeps bubbling in my mind now that we're talking is, is it is is it difficult for, for say, creative areas of the business like communications, because they feel that getting into the business side will cause them to almost lose a little bit of that creativity because they'll become more corporate in opposed to creative. I think the thing that always comes back to my mind is that research that we did back in 2017 with the CEOs. And I remember we asked the question of, if you were rating the functions in your organisation on a scale of one to 10, where, you know, what would be number 10, like your most valuable function? And then where would communication sit on that? And, you know, quite often the conversations were, you know, the most valuable functions were things like finance and the commercial team, because that allowed the business to run. And that was the, I remember, I remember the conversation with the CEO I was talking to, and he was saying, I can't run the organization without some of those functions. I can run the organization without communication. I might not be able to run it well for a very long time, because eventually things will start to kind of crumble, but I, it can function. So therefore, it's kind of in the in the five or six out of 10 for me. And I think that that has always stayed with me in terms of the desire to maybe be a number 10 as a communication professional, but the reality that you're not going to be a number 10 for a CEO. And there might be CEOs listening to this thinking it's definitely a 10 for me. And, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. And I'd love to have that conversation and, and widen that out because I kind of accept the fact that it is probably a six and that's okay because the business can function without it. It doesn't mean it's going to work really, really well. <laughs> doesn't mean that it's going to be a nice, calm, plain sailing. You know, that's not the case. But it doesn't mean that you can't get your product to, you know, to market or your service or whatever you're doing. So there's something for me about recognising where we fit in an organisation and then how we can support and advise and be the best we can be from that angle rather than trying to to be the number 10, which is is a wasted effort because actually that's not helpful. Whereas Advita was saying, doing the courses, understanding the language, being able to be in the meeting room and contribute is a very different skill to just being the comms function. And I think that's, I remember talking to, um, I think it was Russell Grossman who works for the office of Rail and Road. And he was talking about the fact that he was, you know, he's there to advise as a, as a business leader, he's not there to advise just as a communication professional. And I think that's the that's the flip of a mindset of I'm here as someone that's an expert in this organisation, in this industry to advise, but I'm coming at it from a communication perspective, not that I'm just here to talk about the messaging. And I think that's something that we're not always comfortable putting ourselves into that seat. We're more comfortable in the seat of, of the messages and, and the output from the conversations rather than advising the business. Yeah, I agree. I think it's 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 one of those kind of things that all point back to value. So so you kind of, you know, if 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 I don't see the point of doing it as a communicator or as any part operative within the business, then for some reason I don't take pay as much attention to it, but it means that I don't have influence. And I think the key thing for us within communication for instance is that influence that we have 
which means that leaders come to us and, and take advice and say, guide them through certain situations, make sure that they're kind of being ethical in their communication. And that, that leads back to the strategic priorities of the of the organization and you know it's like a big circle really it keeps going around so we have our skills and and we've seen reports that that show that strategic skills are high up on the list of what's needed i think that strategic skill is actually the ability to listen question challenge leadership and have that business acumen to to really step in there and and make a difference. If we don't have that, then there's no way that we we make any kind of impact within communication. And some would say, no, but we've got all these other things. But all the other things are tactical. And that's where people make the assumption that anybody can do the tactical things within comms, which in some ways is true. Oh, that yeah. And I I do think it's also important to remember where you want to be what you what you want to be recognized for because I think Jenny and I have had this conversation before about debate <laughs> where we've kind of said not everybody needs to have a business acumen and I'll be like everybody needs to know about the business and you're like well some people just want to some people just want to write a newsletter and get it out that's fine and if you if that's where you want to be then that's where you want to be and you know what over the time I've actually thought about it and thought you're right not everybody wants to be like sitting around the boardroom table having those conversations and I think as long as you accept that and as long as you're comfortable with that and you're not complaining that you're not being taken seriously when you haven't really done anything about it, then that's okay. But if you do want to be, like Trudy said, the big key word there for me is definitely influence. And if you want to influence the board and you want to influence the sponsors and your stakeholders, then you do need to look at a macro level. And it is about not only the business that you're working in, but also the industry that you're in as well. And I know when I was working in various organizations, I looked outside of my just little unit just to kind of see what was going on in in the industry and and how I could support my leaders and the people in my world and my stakeholders in understanding what their challenges were. And my favorite question to ask my senior leaders is like, what keeps you up at night? Like, what's that one thing that keeps you up at night? And how can I, as a communicator, support that and help you kind of, you know, not everything, because obviously everybody has to fit together in this, but what value can I add? And I think you're you're totally right there about the looking outside of your your kind of industry, because you can ask that question, but if you can ask that question with knowledge behind you of what's going on, then you're coming at it in a much more powerful position to influence. And if you're just asking that question without that knowledge and understanding of the industry, the organisation, what's going on. But I also think, you know, we have had the debate quite a few times. And I think I blogged about the fact that if you want to learn Adobe, then go and learn Adobe. If you don't and want to be strategic, go and be strategic. You know, there's there's diff- so many different roles in comms and PR that you can do lots of different things and lots of people don't want to be at the the boardroom table I remember someone in my team saying to me I never want your job <laughs> um, I never want to, to to be working at that level um, I just want to be a really good copywriter that's what I love I love doing the content um, the you know the stuff that you have to deal with when you go more senior she was like I just that's just not kind of for me and she was brilliant at content copywriting um, all of those things and she invested in herself to do 
that really, really well. And I think that is really important that this isn't can't be a conversation that says everybody should be having a seat at the table, because if every person that worked in in any business function wanted to work at that level, we'd all just be crammed into a very small room and it would be very uncomfortable and totally not allowed at the moment as well. Um, so I think it's it's working out what you want to do for your career and also what's what's the right level of skill to have. But I definitely think it's coming into conversations with knowledge and understanding of the world outside of your bubble to allow you to advise and influence. I think Trudy nailed it with that influence word earlier. Yeah, I mean, there are two things for me. When when we're all preparing for an interview, you know, like when we're going in there to, to impress somebody about the fact that they need to hire us, that one of the first things you do is actually research about the business, research about the industry that you're entering into. And that's just as critical when you're joining a, a, a company as when you're in it. And for the person who, and it, again, this doesn't matter whether you're in comms or any area, to be honest, when you're in there, it's equally important for you to understand the strategy, the values, what what's important, what are some of the stresses going on within the organization. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to people within the company, not necessarily in comms, who don't know what's going on, who can't tell you what the values are, who can't explain kind of what's that purpose for the company. And as as kind of you think about a group of people who are advocates who are who are kind of loyal to the to the brand and so on I don't think it's possible to be that unless you begin to understand what's what's going on for that business and and why are we even here and if you think about your own career that then kind of doubles up with your own direction and where you're going so I, I just think it's crucial that there's some level I mean you might say yep I just want to be that copywriter but there is some element to which you're going to write something that feeds straight into that brand reputation which means that you do need to understand a little bit about the Mm. business so I I think it's for everybody really. Mm. I was just thinking as you were talking then about the question that I often ask people which is you know is your organization public or private you know in terms of ownership and the number of people that say oh I don't know blows my mind like I don't understand how you can't know that the answer to that question and I think that to me is just a really basic thing and when I when I teach on the diploma I often talk about organizational strategy and I share the strategy for an organization that was uh, when it was private and then when it was public so you can kind of see the difference you can see the difference in focus tone all those kind of things because you're right it it plays out in every element of how that organization runs the communication everything so you're right actually I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take back my comment that you can just be a really good copywriter and not necessarily know about business acumen because you're right it all feeds into reputation and everything else and therefore therefore we all need to learn so what stops us then I guess is why why don't we why is this a conversation that we're having you know three years after we did that report and also you know why why is it still on that list of of skills that's always kind of lacking like I said I think like I said before but we just have this thing in our minds as as comms and as other and other business functions you know that we're we're busy like we've just got too much going on like we just can't think about anything else apart from the to-do list that we have to do and and you know the other thing is guys is it's just it's too hard like honestly I had to really suck it in when I had to go and learn about finance because it's numbers and it, it triggered my 
disastrous kind of I mean I did pass my GCSE maths but it did take me back to that time when I was a bit like (laughs) oh my goodness like how on earth am I going to do this I don't even understand how to read a profit and loss sheet I don't even know what the difference between gross and profit and loss and you know those kind of language words kind of thing it kind of throws you a little bit but I really had to come out my comfort zone and I think you have to accept the fact that sometimes you have to put your hand up and go do you know I don't know but I'm going to go and learn because I think as comms and you know HR or whatever function you kind of work in at IT, your 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 technical knowledge is your power and it's what gives you the strength to succeed and gives you that confidence. As soon as you kind of step out of that zone, you know, if you if you I know we've spoken about imposter syndrome and confidence and everything, but it does trigger that. And then you kind of want to run back into your little comfortable little circle again and not go out of it again and think, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to know about that because I'm quite comfortable in my little zone and everyone thinks I'm great. But I think, you know, as soon as we admit to ourselves, you know what, I need to go and learn a little bit more about this. I need to learn a little bit more about my industry. I need to learn if we're a public or private. I need to understand what shareholder value actually means to my business. What is a share? Because I know that sounds ridiculous, but there's so many people who just don't really know, you know, don't understand and don't want to ask that question because you kind of manage to go up the ranks through your technical ability, you know, what what you're really good at. But as soon as you kind of start thinking outside of your technical ability, you start doubting your ability again and you start wondering whether you're worthy of being in that space. So you just rather not deal with it. And I think that's one of the big challenges in my, in my view anyway. Yeah, I like I like what you said, Advita, about comfort zone, <laughs> moving out of your comfort zone. And, and if we say that we're building confidence, then that's exactly what we have to do. You have to have that stretch target of where you're heading to so so when I coach people that's one of the things that happens you kind of I I bring up this whole thing about oh is where what's in your comfort zone and where what's your stretch point and I think for many of us the stretch point is understanding the business and um and I'm the same I kind of had to sit there and struggle and learn and kind of get my head around some of the business things. But one of the biggest things I did to to achieve that was actually having conversations with senior people within the company. And I'd, I'd pick, pick my pick my people. So, you know, you'd, you'd kind of pick out the strategy person who wanted to understand comms more. And then you'd have a conversation and just quiz them about, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? Um, and explain things to me. And actually that brings you in and and builds your confidence as well, but also stretches you. Mm. I think it's definitely in the in the kind of too hard pile. I love your comment. Uh, it's about the um, your kind of your technical knowledge is your power. I really like that. I kind of went down a superhero world in my <laughs> head for a second. Um, but I, I had a, a quote that I shared earlier on this year, which which said, "Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent." And I think it's it's just made me think of it because it's true. We have to step out of our comfort zone to learn stuff and if things are continually in that kind of too hard pile, then we're never going to move things forward. And, you know, we've talked about productivity. So when you were talking about being too busy, I get a bit, you know, clenching, obviously, um, because it still is priorities. And maybe maybe it just needs to get up that priority ladder. Or maybe we need to look at the, the leaders of comms functions to say, you know, when you're doing your development plans for your teams, you know, business acumen needs to be in there. And it's it's a one-day course, right? I mean, I've done it. I think we've all done the the sort of finance for non-finance managers course, workshop, whatever that's that's been around from various different places. But it's not 
it's not like you need to go off and do a big diploma for six months or things like that. It's about asking the right questions, learning, and then doing some element of of training from some experts as well. So it's not really in the too hard pile. I think it is just prioritising it and making sure we're doing it so we can have that influence and all the stuff that you guys have talked it's about. It's editing yeah. your choices, Jenny. Editing your choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I think it's, That's a good one. I like that. It's a good that. one because I think it is about asking your leaders as well, right? And having that really honest, like we do the 360 feedback, don't we, in organisations? And I think it's, you know, and it's about accepting that sometimes you don't know everything. And if you don't know everything, and it's not about knowing everything. It's about knowing the right thing to help you succeed and to help your business leaders succeed right so it's about having those honest conversations in the business asking your leaders asking your sponsors asking your coach you know asking your your team like where is it that we are failing or we're not doing very well and what do we need to do what are we in control of and what do we need to go and learn and just admitting it and I think we're so scared as human beings I think as general about admitting our our weaknesses or our development areas and we just don't want to show that right because we think oh we want to be really I don't want people to think that I don't know that because I want to be really smart and we just don't talk about it often enough I don't think I think we just have to admit it to each other like I don't know this I'm going to go and learn a little bit more about it. Mm. And what would be the advice to people that you know that do want to learn but don't have the budget to go and do like a, a one-day course or something like that. I mean, I have got on my bookshelf finance for dummies, you know, those big yellow textbooks that <laughs> are available for every topic ever known to man. Yeah, I bought finance <laughs> for dummies when I had the same experience as a Vita and sat in a boardroom thinking, I'm just going to nod and smile here. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what any of these words mean. <laughs> um, and then spent, but then I've, I've used my network more, I suppose. I've kind of gone into the, the head of investor relations and been like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to walk me through this because I have a list of questions after that meeting. So I've done that more than I've done kind of courses and stuff. I'm just thinking about kind of tips and advice for people that do want to learn more about business in general and also their business and kind of what would be the best advice to get people started to take away that kind of blocker well I'm going to channel our friend Brene Brown now um, <laughs> <laughs> I think she might feature on every podcast I think we she do. Will. <laughs> <laughs> no she, uh, there was just something in her book dare to lead that talks about um how how kind of senior management take you more seriously if you actually approach them with questions and put you make yourself vulnerable and ask the questions that maybe to you sound stupid but actually puts you in that frame of them engaging with you and 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 seeing you <laughs> and I I just I just loved that piece in her book because I thought actually that's absolutely correct where when we put ourselves in the frame, when we kind of become vulnerable and say, you know, put your hand up and say, I don't know this. I don't know what this means for, for, for the right reasons as well. You know, you want to know because you want to help or you want to get further along or you need some advice to complete a project. And, and I, and I think she, she just talks around that whole thing of being a bit more vulnerable and stepping into that space and, asking those questions and that's that for me is kind of like biggest one it's it's also being that critical thinker right and I think that's why no question is a stupid question I think you you know because you're you're bringing a different perspective to that conversation and I do often think that that's a really good thing and leaders I've never had a leader and maybe I'm just lucky I don't know but I've never had a leader who's like looked at me like I'm like what a stupid question (laughs) Maybe it's a question. Oh, I have. have. I I, 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 I (laughs) have. I I think I've been 
I have. I think I've been quite, you know, I've been, and like I said, I've been quite, I suppose, lucky that I've had quite supportive leaders in, in my world who have been quite encouraging about asking those questions and being a critical thinker. But in terms of advice, you're right, budget. I had no budget to do any training, by the way. Most of my, apart from that finance for non-finance managers, when I kind of, begged my my boss at the time thinking I cannot go to one of those meetings and sit there <laughs> nodding along like a Churchill one of those Churchill dogs on the advert it's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous oh yes, yes. Um, so he, you know he did put me on this program which I really appreciated but the other thing that I do a lot of and Trudy kind of nailed it at the beginning where she said buddying up with people in the business because that I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of buddies and finding the knowledge base you know that you want to know because there will be somebody in your business who will know that information so whether it's finance whether it's the investor relations whether it's strategy whether it's HR or IT you know do a buddying system because they want to know a little bit more about how to engage and communicate and you know build trust and build you know influential influential relationships so it's about swapping skills the other thing that I don't think many people know is that Open University which is an online university in the UK right I don't know if they're worldwide actually they could be worldwide but they do lots and lots of free courses like hundreds not even you know there's hundreds of them and they're really really good and I've gone on there and they're probably about you know, four or five hours in total, these courses, and you can practically find a program or a course on everything. And it's completely free. do not cost you anything. All you need to do is just register, type in search what you're looking for, and it'll pop up. And that, for me, I have to admit, has been one of my lifesavers when budget's been very, very tight, because it just talks you through and you can and you can go through it in your own time. I definitely think they're finding the people internally to help you, you know, those relationships that you've got. I didn't, I remember the investor relations guy, um, in the organization where I didn't understand what was going on after we'd sold and I didn't know him very well but um, I knew that I kind of needed him in order to help me succeed in the role and he was he was great at kind of helping educate me and and helping me not feel kind of stupid um there's been other I'll, I'll, we'll share stories I'm sure in the future of leaders where they have made you feel stupid and looked at you like <laughs> what on earth are you thinking um but I definitely think asking those questions and that's also for me with the networks outside of work you know people that have allowed me to upskill in if different areas to to have that vulnerability and that ability to say look I just don't really know what this means can you help so I think that's I think that's good solid advice and I didn't really know about the open university so I'm gonna yeah no it's brilliant and the other thing is check in with your community like we've got an amazing community right out there and even if you just do a little LinkedIn post or a a Twitter post or a Snapchat or whatever your kind of you know cool thing is depending on your age (laughs) just do you know do a a reel I love that you use Snapchat like it's something that you use all the time I definitely don't use (laughs) I definitely don't use Snapchat but whatever works for you Uh, there's so many people out there who are willing to kind of help and support and encourage and engage and give you the you know the acumen and stuff that you need especially the you know try and find when I worked in um, aviation and the airport I purposely went out and tried to find people in that network and in that world just so I could see what was going on I mean I was not 
I was I had no clue about aviation, by the way, when I started working at the airport or, or what it meant or what, what you know, why I should care. And I remember the excitement of everybody in there. And I'm thinking, God, how the can they get so excited about a plane? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> fast forward five years and I was really into the kind of the environment of what, what it meant to be in the world of aviation and airports and how it all functioned. And that's because I kind of built my community around me uh, and, and got support from others. And I think you'll be surprised of how people want to help and support you it's you mm. know it's, it's really important that you do that I also like the idea of getting a mentor um, which I've, I've done in the past um, and it's that thing of reaching out to somebody who has achieved the thing that you want to achieve and um, who understands business and I just found it really valuable just having chats with this person who knew everything about PR um, and had done it on a really high level and um, was able to kind of talk me through some of the things that I needed to look out for. And I could ask any kind of question. And I, uh, you know, getting a mentor is, especially in the industry that you're in, is pretty, pretty useful. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, that's another kind of, for me, another really great way of doing it. And, and as, as both of you have just said, you know, kind of le- reaching out on LinkedIn, reaching out to the community, and, and attending things that are out there, you know, like if somebody's got a, a webinar or something on a subject that you're not familiar with, join that webinar, read that article. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are loads of articles. You can do some research, desk research and read a few articles and reports on stuff. And before you know it, you begin to understand a lot more. Mm. And event, I'm just, sorry, Jenny, I'll just say Eventbrite's got a load of free stuff as well, by the way. And I, I only discovered, I mean, you know, I know I use Eventbrite to put my own kind of events and stuff on there, but they've also got like a free search function. So if you type in keywords, it'll tell you what free sessions are taking place across the world. I mean, that's a great thing. I think we've all learned in this pandemic how close the world actually is with the online kind of world mm. and you know Eventbrite and those kind of events uh, platforms do often have free webinars and free events mm. that not comms related but finance related HR related you know neuroscience if that's your bag you know whatever it, it, it's amazing what you can find on those kind of platforms as well. I remember, um, you know, pre-COVID when we used to do events face-to-face and I remember <laughs> it used to be quite a thing apparently with Eventbrite of people just looking for these free events to turn up to and, and just have the wine and the food. And I remember somebody turning up to like a CIPR like, event that was included voting and everyone was like, who's that guy? And he was just really hammered. And yeah, everyone was like, oh, he's one of those Eventbrite people that just kind of goes to all the free events. Wow. I know. And I had no idea. This was a thing that people would just look at Eventbrite for free events just to get the booze. But maybe we'll get back there one day. Oh, but it made me laugh. Wow. Well, thank you so much. you for listening. Please click subscribe so you get our new episodes as soon as they're released. If you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Calm Edged Rebels. We're always up for a chat. So please let us know what you think and ask us any questions you might want us to cover in future episodes. We're also all on LinkedIn and always available if you want to get in touch.